an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. the Lombardi line as we welcome you in presented by BetMGM. How you doing? Good morning. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in New Jersey. Eight days, my man. Eight days away from Super Bowl 56. How are we feeling? We're feeling pretty good. You know, uh, I'm doing a little research. You know, I checked in with my man up in North, up in Boston. He's already made his selection. I won't give that away until next week, but he's worked on it. Dominic's prepared. So, <laughs> Uh, everything's good. You know, everything's really good. You know, the weather's cold. It's it's February, but we're getting through it. I'm just sad about, the, you know, the end of football season. But we have the Aaron Rodgers saga. We have all the things we can talk about forever. Well, yeah, Aaron, Aaron will keep us busy. I mentioned eight days, so that's more than seven. Seven would be a week. The two weeks started with the first Super Bowl. Seven yeah. times where, you know, consequences pointed to we needed one week. There's seven times the Super Bowl has been played one week after the conference championships. Last time it happened was 03. You remember 03. The Bucks beat the Raiders. Yeah. So that yeah, was a stretch. Yeah, that, that was a stretch of 0, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. Four straight with one week in between. And since then, we've gone back to two. Uh, any reason as far as you're concerned to have the two, if we could do it with one, because this would be happening tomorrow if we could. You know, I, I think they love the fact that they can continue to extend this season further into February. And I, and I think it's, you know, the more football, the better, but you know, that week there specifically, you know, there was so much made about Barrett Robbins going off into Mexico and, and basically breaking down, you know, Brad Robbins was never going to play in the game, especially on a week. He got hurt in the week before in the Tennessee championship game. He was never going to play in that game. Adam True was going to be the center. And, uh, you know, we knew that going in. But I do think the one thing that affected us, older teams uh, like we were, you know, with we had a bunch of really good players that were older. It was Jerry Rice, you know, Tim Brown, Lincoln, Lincoln Kennedy, Frank Middle. We were older team. We could have really used that week off to kind of sharpen our skills, get us ready to go through it. And then we just didn't do it. And, and obviously the better team that day was clearly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the one week, I think, did affect that kind of team. Now, in this situation, I don't think it would affect the Bengals, a very young team. And I think the Rams are young enough. I mean, I'm sure Whitworth at left tackle needs the week off, and Higby needs the week off, and so does uh, C.J. Umas. Uh, how do you say his last name? He's the tight end. <laughs> he he needs it. the week off, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I, I think it does help for the guys that are kind of injury, injury-wise. They need that. I mean, the two weeks off when Gronk got hurt in a game, you know, he tried to come back in the in the giant playoff game, in the giant game with the high ankle sprain, the Super Bowl, and never was the same. Well, from a better perspective, the two weeks gives gives the props time to build in a multitude. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have I have twenty pages of props just from the South Point. Here, we'll go through some of those, kind of like a grab. Did you bag fax today. them to Dominic? Did you fax them over to Dominic? Do- I'm sure he'll reveal Dom, them. Trust yeah, me, Dominic see. already has them. He's he's got yeah. them in his binder. <laughs> you know, you know that's true. Uh, so do you remember why? I'm sorry. I'm trying to what the consequences were in '03 as to why you were just a week in between. Was there any reason? You know, I, I there was there wasn't you know the O one year this the the nine eleven tragedy that, that right. occurred we we lost a week that year which really ended up affecting us because we ended up playing the jet we were supposed to play the Jets that week and nine eleven happened unfortunately for all those and we lost that so we played the Jets at the end of the season and we lost that game which cost us home field advantage had we played the Jets in week three or week two of the season. You know, we would ease, they were not the same team as they were at the end. We would have had home field advantage. So I don't remember why the 0-2 went with the one week. I really don't. I, I, there was no delay in the season. But, you know, that's what the league had going in. So we went ahead with it. And fortunately for us, we only had to try, you know, we only had to go down to San Diego. So right. it wasn't like we didn't have, you know, we didn't have to travel very far. And we had good weather. And it was a kind of a, a good instance for the game, but it was it was a bad result, So certainly. Another California Super Bowl this year is going to be in SoFi. We'll set you up on the number in a second. Got plenty to do here on a Saturday edition of the Lombardi Line. Let's hear from Joe Burrow. Year two, uh, he's in the Super Bowl already. How about the preparation with the extra week? No, it really doesn't. Um, you know, coming into to this week, game prep, it you know it just feels like another week. Obviously, it's the, the Super Bowl, and we're going to have to and try to eliminate as many distractions as we can, but you know, it just feels feels normal. <laughs> just, every time he speaks, I just think unbothered. I mean, the dude, yeah, no, he, I, he just he's, not, he's very Joe Coolish. You know, but here's what I think: what, what the second week brings you. Let's say during a normal week, you have 60 plays on a Wednesday practice, and you have 60 plays on a Thursday practice, and you have. 50 plays on a Friday practice, right? So that's 170 plays you have getting ready to go play a game that you can actually run and rehearse and all those things, whether you walk through it or whether you actually do it. You know, between the seven on seven, between your inside run, outside run periods, and then your total team periods. Now, what? what by having the second week, you basically double up that count. So now you get more time to go over the plays and your execution, in theory, should be better. Typically, when you have a bye week, like we do during the regular season, the players have to be off, I think, four days. Whereas this is a regular week. They have to be off a day, but they can continue to practice. So you're getting constant reps. And actually, in fairness, you should have the most precise execution at any time during the year that you have here. Now, that's why you can't equate bye weeks to the beginning of the season because the beginning of the season, you're building to that crescendo of playing, whereas the bye week, the players have left town and you're bringing them back, trying to recalibrate them. 
Well, well put. And you take a look at the number right now, Michael. Cincinnati's catching four, four and a half. So the Rams laying it at home, which is interesting to say we hadn't said it ever in the modern era. And then we said it last year, Raymond James with the Bucks. No stands, no fans in the stands, of course. This year, it's going to be crazy there in Los Angeles. The question is, will the Rams fans show up and can they afford it? <laughs> but it's four, four and a half. How about the Bengals fans? I mean, will they show up? You know, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, this is two fan bases that I would say are I'm certainly passionate, but they're not like Steeler fans or like Patriot fans or some of these other teams that have gotten there. You know, the Buck fans. I mean, this is a, a, the chief fan base travels. I mean, there's certain fan bases that travel. I'm sure Cincinnati will have good representation, but uh, I don't think that it's going to be of that same ilk that we're used to seeing because they, they haven't been a winning franchise over the last few years. I'm, I'm actually happy that they're here because I hope that we spend some time honoring the great Paul Brown. I think I, I hope we spend some time paying homage to really the, 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 the greatest coach of all time and the one who basically has allowed these coaches to make millions and millions of dollars who have done an incredible job. And he was so far ahead of his time that, you know, we don't pay enough respect to him because of that. What stands out the most when you think Paul Brown? Oh, I, you know, game planning, self-scouting. I mean, you know, attention to detail. He truly was the Bill Gates of the NFL. And I wrote that in my book. He was, he developed the operating system for the computer. You know, computers are great, but something's got to run the computer. He developed the operating system for coaches. Hmm. And everything that a coach uses today really starts with Paul Brown. I'm fortunate enough to, uh, to, to had been in the league when he was still alive. I can still remember as if it were yesterday when Coach Walsh was standing five inches away from me calling Paul Brown on the phone and, and offering our draft pick to move up just a couple spots to take Eddie Brown. And he took Eddie Brown, the wide receiver, and we unfortunately had to settle for Jerry Rice. Yeah, oh. really big of us. Yeah, really a hard hardship there. And and it wasn't that we didn't like Jerry Rice. We loved Jerry Rice. We were Bill was happy with any one of the three. It's just that Eddie Brown was kind of a unique player, and and different. But but I'm fortunate enough that that I was in the league when he was there, and I was able to get his 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 book, PB, his story of his career written by him signed. So I, I cherish that tremendously. And the third was Altoon, wasn't it? Altoon. Yeah, when Altoon went first to the Jets, I think he went like eighth or ninth. He's a great player. Then, Injuries. Right, and then and then Brown went. Brown would have been tremendous in Bill's system. Boomer is science since fastball, much like Josh Allen's fastball. You know, in that cold, he ended up getting stitches and all in between his fingers because mm -hmm. the all the balls he was it kind of splattered with the cold weather, and he was great. Look, those Bengal teams when I when I was in the league, and then when I went to Cleveland, those Bengal teams with Sam White and his sugar huddle were tremendous. Really, really good. They had Jim McNally, the line coach, and they were really good. Anthony Munoz, you know, there's certain players that you never see their uniform get dirty, and Anthony Munoz is one of those guys. Tony Baselli, who's up for the Hall of Fame this year, if he doesn't get in, it's ridiculous because that kid's uniform never got dirty. Never, ever. I mean, like, I, you walk on the field, oh, my God, did, did he play or was he a sub? No, no, he started left tackle. Never dirty. Never on the ground, blocked whoever he had to block. So, to me, those Cincinnati teams were so good. And we don't, you know, because they've lost for so long, there's not a sense. Now, when Marvin got there, they won, but they never won a playoff game. Right. Yeah. No, that was my era, man. You won't stand up and do the Yickey Shuffle right now. 
<laughs> I recruited Icky. I recruited Icky. Icky was Literally, a hell of a running back. Icky was from Fresno, and he, we recruited him to UNLV when I was there. Really? Uh, yeah, sure did. Yep, sure did. When he you were driving around our, right by me with the McDonald's coupons. Well, I had Burger King coupons. I couldn't afford McDonald's. So, you know, I had the Burger King. <laughs> no dollar, I was, that was no the dollar king. menu back then? <laughs> yeah, no dollar menu. I was either eating at the Holiday Inn buffet on the Strip, and uh, and Wildcat Bill Morris was giving us those passes, and, and I was eating Burger King coupons. But, no, we recruited them. I mean, we had we recruited some NFL players while we were there. We are absolutely stacked today. This wonderful taking a walk down memory lane. We'll come back with some of the coaching news, of course. Uh, by the way, that total set, the over-under set at 48.5 right now in Super Bowl 56. Also, first Saturday in February, college basketball got 21 ranked teams in action wow. today, including your boy, Coach K, Chapel Hill last time. So we'll get to that coming I up. I got a lot of boys. Bit. I got a lot of boys. I'm, you a, do. I'm big in the Southeast. Your Rolodex is off the charts. off the charts. You just dropped Icky on us. We continue. Saturday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, first bet, express bet. They're ready to go today. New customers get 10 bucks instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Jeff Siegel does a great job as an analyst for express bet. Here's his bets today. Santa Anita, the great race place outside of Los Angeles there. He likes the one horse subconscious at eight to five on the morning line. Gulfstream, down outside of Miami. 11th race, he has the six horse, Tis the Bomb, on top at six to one in the Holy Bull Stakes. Okay, you can bet these races and more using First Bet, the preferred horse betting app of VSIN. For everything you need to know about horse racing here at VSIN, go to vsin.com slash horses. 
Okay, we got you back. Speaking of vcin.com, Michael Lombardi, mm -hmm. uh, Super Bowl yes, 56, we've got so much going on there, including the help desk, which is very cool. So if you have any questions as far as gambling-related questions or anything that you want to ask our experts, you go to the help desk over at vcin.com. Like, for example, should I hedge? Hedging and betting is so personal, philosophical, um, mm -hmm. but a great job. I was combing through some of the answers today. And then the big game betting guide is free. You just go sign up for the daily newsletter at vcin.com over there as well. We got to get you right. We got to get you in the big game betting guide, my man. Yeah. The, the, the hedging I think is really a critical. I think that, you know, you, I don't think people understand how to do that. And I think that's certainly a way to guarantee yourself income. Yeah, it may not be the income that you had hoped for, but remember, right. gambling and betting isn't always just about win and lose. It's about how can I make sure I get a profit, and I think that that certainly can help. And and whoever's answering the calls, whether it's Maddie Humans or the the guys that really understand how to explain hedging way better than I do, uh, will will certainly help. And I urge all of you to call and and make sure that we take advantage of, you know, because this is truly a not, I don't want to call it a science, but there is a way to where you can make sure that through the system, you can guarantee yourself some profit when you're holding something really good. And it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's attritional. Yeah, Betting is attritional. You, it's death by a thousand cuts is how you make your money. But yeah, I'm looking no over doubt. to my right here. I Am I the only person? And I know there's betting opportunities, so please pardon me. The, the Olympics started? Beijing? Yeah, What's did last I mean, night. I, did you, were you I on top of this? Oh, I, was, I was all over it last night. I was sitting next to the curling expert. We went out last night to this local bar that we attend here. My man Berman, Anissa, Millie, and all of four of us. So I'm sitting at a bar, you know, having a cocktail, watch. And what's up is curling. And I, now I didn't realize I had a curling expert next to me. I don't understand the game, and they're just shuffling the things around, the, you know. And, and so the man next to me, the, the, the great Bill Berman, is explaining curling to me. He thinks it's one of the greatest sports of all time. And actually contemplating putting a curling course down by the beach. I mean, I, it was fascinating. There was nobody in the stands watching it, but it was incredible. Yeah, it no. was incredible. It, wait, so you're Sweden not... was curling against uh, Nor was Sweden was was curling against Switzerland. Switzerland's uniforms looked like they were the Red Cross. I thought the Red Cross was coming out there. But anyway, it was beautiful. I mean, I don't know what the hell they were doing. I don't know how you bet it. I really don't. But, right. but yes, it started. It, we're, we're there. So we're you, in Beijing. You, Beijing. You, you're not a big curler. You've never – I thought you were on the curling team at Hofstra. As my wife said last night there, I don't do anything in the wintertime. You know, I mean, that was very clear. He doesn't – ski. you know, I mean, I got attacked uh, just arbitrarily out of the blue. That's, I got attacked. That, that is unfair. That is – Well, I mean, it is do? true, but it is unfair. It's true. I don't ski. I don't ice skate. I don't do any of that. I, I, I'll drink Sinatra Select in the, in the lodge. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but, I mean, and I like watching the snow come down, but I'm not going out there. No, no chance. Millie coming over the top like she's over there on the Swiss Alps killing it, right? I mean <laughs> – <laughs> oh, yeah, she could do it. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, she was the one taking the kids to Lake Tahoe, which made that point got really clear. So hey, this is something that you probably never done in Michigan. We would cut a hole in the ice, drop a line in below freezing weather and literally fish. What the hell were we thinking? 
ice yeah, fishing. I mean, <laughs> like, that's another one of Berman's things. I mean, you know, he wants to go ice fit. Like seriously, yeah. who wants to sit in this cabin and drill a hole? Like you know, all I <laughs> every time worst. I think of ice fishing, I think of grumpy old men. I think of Burgess Meredith and and Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon sitting in there and they're playing music. And I mean, you know, like Bond wow. said, it's an excuse to drink. We used to get hype every exactly. morning. We'd get out there and be like, Why do we do this? Why do we ice well, fish? Well, you know, it's funny that Bond said that because not only did I get attack last night. Berman, Berman was announcing, I could sit here all day and have a cocktail and watch curling and of course Millie said to him, you could sit here all day and just drink without the curling, which is a good point. <laughs> it's really what it comes down to in the end. I, I totally agree with Millie. Uh, okay, so the Olympics are on right now, but as you mentioned no fans in the stands. COVID completely shut down China over there, so uh, we will follow Is that along. why? Oh, I, I thought just nobody was interested. No, okay, they're just I super got, strict I, with their protocols. Nobody's interested. Oh, <laughs> They're just like curling in China. I feel like Canada is the goat when it comes to the people from Canada are curlers. Oh, nice. it looked like Sweden was good in curling. Sweden? It looks like there's a lot of curling going on in Sweden. Yeah, it looked like it. I mean, they had the two people there. I don't know, a woman and a man. The woman was intense. <laughs> she was focused. I mean, she was the one. She was the launcher. She was launching that right. thing. Yeah. It was, and then they were cleaning the ice along the way. I mean, the shoes. I don't. I, I don't know how. You, I would have slipped and fell six times. If you woke up this morning expecting to hear extensive coverage on curling on the Lombardi line, we nailed it for you. So there it is. Yeah. Uh, the coaches. So we've got yeah. the Texans still left. We've got the Saints still left. We've got the Dolphins. It's a formality. There's your boy texting you. It's a formality with Minnesota, Michael, because uh, mm -hmm. the offensive coordinator there, O'Connell, uh, with the Rams is going to get that job. So today, Biennemi. And again, this comes back to, and we should bring it up, the class action suit filed by uh, Brian Flores against the NFL, against the Giants, the Broncos, and Miami. Biennemi is going to interview today for the Saints. That is the one figure and the name that pops up year after year every time a coaching cycle comes around is Eric Biennemi. No doubt. And, and Biennemi is going there, and if he's able to get this job, I mean, this is a lot of interviews Biennemi's had. I mean, he's been in front of a lot of owners. So, and... You know, I don't know why he wasn't in front of Chicago when Ryan Poles, who was with him for eight years in Kansas City, what he wasn't there. But besides that, I do think that, you know, this is interesting because Andy Reid lost really a guy he was ready to promote, grooming to promote when Enemy got a job. And Mike Kafka, who's now uh, on the New York Giants as the offensive coordinator, who will run the Giants offense. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm told that Aaron Glenn was really a good candidate down there. Aaron Glenn did a great job. Maybe it'll be Dennis Allen. You know, Dennis Allen and Aaron Glenn were on the same staff together. Glenn went to, to the Detroit. And I thought Glenn, as a coach, got better as the year went on. Initially, they were struggling, but defensively, I thought the Lions improved tremendously, which is ultimately the, the greatest judge of a coach. You give him authority, you give him responsibility, and does he improve the team? That is exactly Dan Campbell and my friends in Michigan. They said it, week after week you could see the defense improving, and that is directly uh, a reflection of Glenn, as you mentioned. Um, so Biennemi Saints, Texans, Dolphins, are you hearing anything? And then I'll get to some of the other uh, coaching news here. No, I, I, you know, I, the, the Dolphins today, I think they're interviewing either Moore or McDaniels. They had them both in Friday, Saturday. So I would assume Monday or Tuesday we'll get some decision or some resolution. To me, I, I don't know why Miami doesn't open it back up. I, I can't believe those are the two best coaches, offensive coaches that you could possibly hire. You know, so I think that that, that to me should 
would open up, but maybe they won't. Houston, I can't figure Houston out. I mean, you know, they have no experience in McCowan. They have some experience with Gannon, little with Gannon, and then they have experience with Flores. So it's like, like I said yesterday, it's store number one, two, and three. Which one are you going to pick? You know, and and that to me is is somewhat fascinating. So. I, I'm not sure where they go there. This is a bit of an awkward question, but the Flores lawsuit, does that become something that precludes him, or does it become a benefit to getting landing one of these three jobs? Well, I, I think obviously you've got to work that through and understand it, but he, he's too good of a coach. I mean, there's not enough good coaches. To me, as I've said before, when he got, when he got fired in Miami, they will not replace him with a better coach. You know, everybody wants you to fire the coach. Right. And that but they never tell you who to hire. Have you improved with this coach? Is this coach better than the one we just let go? And, you know, is Eberflus better than Nagy? Okay. well, you could say we gave Nagy never really improved over his tenure in Chicago. We'll give Eberflus a chance. But I think you have to constantly ask yourself that question. And I and I'm not sure that Miami did. I mean, I think Miami, what they should have done is gone to Flores and said, look, here's where we think you're weak. Let's work on these these weaknesses and we'll make you the better coach of all. And remember, part of the lawsuit and what uh, Brian Flores is claiming as far as Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, that he was offered $100,000 to lose games. Hugh Jackson jumped on the bandwagon. Last night, mm-hmm. did you see what Hugh Jackson said? He said, oh, by the way, Jimmy Haslam never offered me money to lose games. So he yeah. ran it back well, quite quickly. When I did my podcast with the great Tate Frazier, a college basketball expert, uh, you know, we used to call Huey, Huey headlines. And, and this is a perfect example of it. I mean, he just jumped onto a headline and now he's retreating. You know, and so, you know, I, I know Jimmy Haslam well, worked with him for a year, talked to him every single day. Losing wasn't in his vocabulary. I can honestly say that. Did they have a bad team? Sure they did. I mean, Sashi Brown, the, the general manager, you know, took over and, and they lost to try to get better. And then eventually he got fired. Now back with the Baltimore Ravens as the president. Yep. Hugh, Hugh, what'd you call him? Huey what? Huey, Huey headlines. headlines. Huey Headlines. Well, he walked it back. He wasn't offered money. It's, it's yeah. Come on, Hugh. Get it straight. That's quite opportunistic to jump on the Brian Flores lawsuit. We continue. More coaching news next here at Lombardi Line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, so I mentioned it a little earlier, but if you need some help with the big game, the Super Bowl, we've got the help desk set up. So if you have any questions about the Super Bowl, again, how to hedge, uh, questions about middling, anything you have as far as betting is concerned, maybe you're looking for, I don't know, unusual props or insights from one of our hosts, the VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl. It's vcin.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by our experts on air or over at vcin.com. Okay. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Las Vegas as we are eight days out from the Super Bowl. I could tell. So you're melancholy. Uh, Would you say the vibe is melancholy every time a football season comes to an end? It's It's sad, you know. It's so sad. I mean, look, there's there's a lot for us to talk about, and there's obviously college basketball is always fun in March, and you know, when we get there and, and as the season kind of extends through February, gets us there, you know, what are we going to do? I mean, I got my catcher's mitt over here, Major League Baseball. They can't seem to get it straight. 
But, uh, you know, there'll be plenty for to talk about. But I do miss – I miss the routine of the NFL season. That's always the hard thing. You know, you you know, Monday is review, Tuesday is study, Wednesday thir- – you know, you go through the week. It's such a great routine week, you know, that it, you kind of miss a little bit of that. But it'll be it, – before you know, it'll be July. Everybody will be going to camp, and we'll have some fun. Hey, we will. And for our Nesson audience, I've got something for you, Nesson. Uh-oh. And that's you, Dominic. It looks like, you know, the New England Patriots, you've heard of them. Josh McDaniels left. He was running the offense there. He's now here in Vegas, just a mile down the road from me. And it looks like they're going to add a new offensive coordinator. That new offensive coordinator could be Adam Gase. So it's either Bill O'Brien or Gase, right? That would be the assumption. I don't know that. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I do think this. I think if you study Coach Belichick's history is that he is always going to do somebody's going to come in and they're going to run his philosophy of offense. It's not going to be, okay, let's see who's going to run the, let's bring in Adam Gase and we're going to run Adam Gase's offense. He's going to coach the person that he brings in. Could it be Adam Gase? It could be, you know, but it isn't going to be the Adam Gase version of the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins. It's going to be the Adam Gase as Bill Belichick wants it. And I think this is really critical. This is what I always talk about as being a head coach. Adam Gase isn't going to go out and just work on his own and be a subcontractor if, he, if he's the man that Coach Belichick chooses. If it's Bill O'Brien, it's the same thing. They're going to come in, sit down. They're going to every week go over what they have to do, what they're running, and they're going to get coached by him directly just like the defense gets coached by him directly, just like the special teams gets coached by him directly. So whatever decision Coach Belichick makes, it will be the right decision for what he thinks his team needs at this moment, and then he will impact that decision based on his ability to lead the new person in the job. And, of course, Gase has been mocked, hasn't worked since he was let go by the Jets in 20, So he, but Belichick, frankly, He's, has always respected him. Well, I mean, look, the, the greatest, one of the greatest quarterbacks in, in our generation, Peyton Manning, thinks Loved he's him. brilliant. Yes. Loved him. I mean, it's the reason he got the job in, in Miami. Right. I mean, when I was still in Cleveland in 2014, right before I got fired, and we were trying to hire Josh McDaniels, uh, Peyton Manning and Jimmy Haslam had a, have a great relationship from their Tennessee days. And, and Peyton was telling Jimmy to hire Gase at that time. And, you know, and, and that he thought he was a brilliant offensive mind. And, you know, let's face it, Peyton's been around some really good coach in his career, whether it's Tom Moore, you know, whomever, Clyde, all these guys he's been with. He was really – and he still continues to go to bat for him. And I think that's, that's significant. I think that's really significant. So I, I would just say to Patriot fans, relax. It's not going to be the Adam Gase from Miami or the Jets. It's going to be the Adam, the Bill Belichick version of Adam Gase, which is usually a very good version. Did you just go Aaron Rodgers on me? R-E-L-A-X. Relax. I, I have Relax. the odds to win the 2023 Super Bowls. I, I'm going to have you guess what the Patriots. We're just talking about the Patriots. So I told you yesterday your faves are the Bills at 8-1, mm-hmm. to one, tied with the Kansas City Chiefs at 8-1, to one, co-betting favorites to win the 2023 Super Bowl. Now, yeah, I'm going to have you take a guess, and then I'm going to give you a couple teams that have shorter odds, which will absolutely make everybody in New England upset. So let's take a guess, take a shot here. New England Patriots, odds to win the 2023 Super Bowl. 25 to 1. You freaking nailed it. Did I say freaking on a weekend? Uh, yes, you nailed it. Uh, 25 to 1. Now, what do you think the Cleveland Browns are set at here at the South Point? Uh, 15 to 1. 20 to 1. Shorter. 
than the New England Patriots, which I think will frustrate some. Um, I'll give you another. Uh, Why don't you take a stab at the Dallas Cowboys? Cowboys will be 15 to 1. Cowboys are 10 to 1. Yeah. Publicly bet team. No surprise there. You were close. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to. So this is all subject to change, obviously. But let's take a stab at the Packers and the Packers. This is where the books have such it's it's tenuous because obviously the quarterback situation up in the air. But you want to take a guess right now on February 5th, 2023 Super Bowl odds for the Packers. 12 to 1. 15. Man, you're hot. Mm. You're hot. And the longest numbers on the board. You want to take a guess the two teams that have the longest odds? Oh, excuse me. Jet. I'm sorry. There's one team. There's, go ahead. Yeah, Jets are 100 to 1. Yeah, Jets, Jacksonville. Jackson, I would say Jacksonville. Jacksonville is 75 to 1. <laughs> That's actually a little shorter than I thought. Um, the Houston Texans are yes, 100 to 1. The Houston Texans are 200 to 1. And the Lions, okay. are, are, Lions are tied with the Jets at 100 to 1. Yeah, so re- remember, remember the Bengals who are sitting there, mm-hmm. four-and-a-half-point dogs in the Super Bowl, were 125-1 to one last year preseason. 125-150-1. to yeah. one, to one. So this Well, I mean, even Joe, Burrow, even Joe Burrow said that, you know, when he went to training camp and he was going through, they didn't think they were a Super Bowl team. They developed into one. And let's face it, you know, they've had a lot of things go right for them. I mean, I'm not disputing they're not in the Super Bowl, but we've seen Super Bowl teams, whether it's the Buffalo Bills, three out of four times get blown out. We've seen the Denver Broncos get blown out. I mean, just getting there doesn't necessarily mean you're a great team. It means you were a fortunate team. And like I've said, since this tournament started, you don't have to be the best team. You just have to be the best team that day. And I think that that was proven out in every one of those three games they played in the playoffs. I think that was proven completely to be true because when you go back, they could have easily lost the Raider game or at least the Raider game goes to overtime. They could have easily lost the Tennessee game. And they could have easily – they were behind by 18 points in the other in, in the Chief game. So they deserve to be here. They, they endured this rigorous schedule that they went through, and Burrow has been incredible. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get through the finish line. Sometimes these things end. Rounding out the coaching news, Michael, if anything stands out, jump in. Uh, Gus Bradley is the new D.C. replacing Eberflus in Indianapolis. 49ers, Anthony Lynn didn't work out in Detroit. He's going to be the assistant head coach with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Patrick Graham, this is a big one. Raiders, McDaniels, that's a good get for McDaniels, right? He's leaving New York to come to Las Vegas as a D.C. It it really is a good get in this sense because what Josh gets with Pat Graham is somebody that he doesn't have to educate on the system. He doesn't have to educate on the way things are done in the Patriot way. Where when he went to Denver and he hired Mike Nolan as his defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan was – diametrically different in terms of how he views football to where McDaniels views. So that was, he spent most of his time trying to educate Mike Nolan on the way they do things. Challenging. He spent most of his time trying to educate Mike McCoy on how they do things. Those things create a little bit of a lull. With Pat Graham now coming in as the defensive coordinator, he gets somebody that he can have a conversation with that understands what he's talking about and how to, how to actually set everything up. It's a huge get for them. Man, Nolan has been the center of controversy as a D.C. It was first with McDaniels and then, mm-hmm. remember, in Dallas year one with McCarthy, it was a disaster. disaster yeah. 
Yeah. And even at New Orleans, when he went to, well, he was a linebacker coach down there, and that's where he came from. But, I mean, Mike has always been, you know, I think the game, as the game evolves, the, the changes in the game, you have to stay adaptive, too. It's a hard thing for some of these older coaches as they get through. They're kind of stuck in their ways. Remember, you know, change is very hard for people, and I think as coaches, it's even harder. If you were the Texans, and then we're going to move on from the coaching talk, if you were the Texans, the Saints, or the Dolphins, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and they came to you. What's the one name you'd recommend hire today? You know, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly recommend Brian Flores. I think he's the best coach that's out there right now. He's got experience. He's proven winners, and he's endured uh, through some difficult situations in terms of the seven-game losing. I think you've got to really feel comfortable about what's moving forward. That's why the timing of what Brian did uh, is a little bit awkward to me in the sense that why not just wait until afterwards? But to me, I, I think that there – this is a really difficult, difficult hiring cycle because I'd want to have somebody that I felt really comfortable with that could lead the team. I want somebody that I really feel like has some level of experience to be adaptable and then help with the changes. And some of the, and the, but the NFL teams are so inclined to hire young, young coaches. Kevin O'Connell. I mean, he's really a young coach. Kevin O'Connell didn't even think he was going to get a job no. this year. He thought he, he was kind of surprised by it too. Kevin O'Connell said, wait, Minnesota, you went from Harbaugh to me? All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, I mean, Harbaugh went in that interview, basically. He was, like, playing with house money. He's like, look, here's what I'm going to do. You know, here's what I I need to win. If you don't want to give me that, then I'll stay at Michigan. It's probably (laughs) the right thing to do. It's basically what he said. All right, we set the table, and we've got betting coming next here. Our buddy Carl is joining us. Jick Jack Johnson Uh from the Bo Revive. Podcast. Next. Podcast, man. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's a thousand dollars risk-free over at BetMGM. Can't beat that. Use the bonus code VSEN1000. VSIN1000. First wager is risk-free up to a thousand dollars. Pretty damn good, right? When you register. 
For a new account over at BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to 1000 bucks. Visit BetMGM.com or simply download the app. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, hope you're having a nice Saturday as we get... What set up for Super Bowl 56 coming up next Sunday. We'll be here for you. Not just Michael and myself, but Stephen Bonds grinding behind the scenes. We're going to have crazy amounts of coverage here at VEASAN. When I tell you that this is our sixth year doing the Super Bowl, and this is going to be more comprehensive and extensive than anything we've ever done. So make sure you check it out. Go to VEASAN.com for all the updates. We now head Michael Lombardi to mm. the Bayou and talk to our buddy Carl Johnson, who runs the race and sports book down there at the Beau Rivage. Chick Jack Johnson, what's cracking, man? How are we feeling today? Oh, like I always say, fine as frog hair, baby. It's a it's a cool morning out here on the coast. Uh, uh, clear skies. Uh, we're ready. You know, uh, we're in the middle of the uh, Super Bowl next week. Uh, we're feeling good. How about you guys? Feeling great, my man. You can't say cold, though, because I think Lombardi's dealing with another blizzard coming through yeah. over there. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll get through a call. His cold and my cold are way different, but, <laughs> you know, but that's okay. We appreciate it. Carl, I appreciate learning about you. I never knew you were on the golf tour. Uh, you're just truly a renaissance interesting man on the golf tour, got yourself through college playing golf, got into betting. I mean, it's really a remarkable story. You might want to think about a book, Carl. No, so look, let me clarify. I, I didn't. I didn't go to college. We couldn't afford college, so I uh. I turned pro at an early age uh, after I couldn't play baseball, and I didn't make the big tour. I played four and a half years on the mini tour, so uh, I didn't have the work ethic back then. Well, that's no, pretty. That's, well. that's pretty impressive, Carl. Nonetheless, do you do you have any one-sided action eight days out right now? And where are you sitting with the number? We've got four and a half and forty-eight and a half. Yeah, that's where we're at, too, and we opened at three and a half, forty-nine and a half. Um, you know, uh, uh, betting has been, you know, relatively uh, even on both sides for the week, uh, but we're still, we, hit, we, we have a ton of liability to the Bengals that we're sweating right now. Um, so that, that's where we're at right now. Well, liability in what sense? So somebody's come in because of Joe Burrow and bet futures on, on uh, Cincinnati, or they did it in December when the number was a little bit uh, in their favor? Yeah, we took a, uh, we took a five, we, we took a, well, I'll just tell you, we took a $50,000 uh, bet on the Bengals about uh, oh, two months ago. Uh, and I think, uh, I think he got them at like 26 to one. Wow. So uh, yeah, that's a strong bet. Uh, so we've got that, and we've got a few other smaller stuff. But, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of liability to the Bengals. And, of course, you know, the people down here, they they bet Joe Burrow. They're going to bet him for the game. And, and right now he's getting, yeah, like like 62% of the tickets and 55% of the money. Wow. Is there any any truth to the rumor that Ed Orgeron's going to be the greeter on Super Bowl Sunday to help everybody at the, at the Beau Rivage? Any truth to that? I heard that going around. <laughs> I wish we could get him, and I guarantee you he could teach Kelly how to dance. I know that. <laughs> so, so that was bad. Wow. That so was bad. you've got you've got a huge liability. So you're going to be wearing your Stafford jersey to the Beau Rivage next Sunday, I'm assuming. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna handle that real delicate. Uh, I'm gonna just sit back and watch it, and 
you know, my thoughts will be one way and now, you know, I may show the people that I'm going the other way. You know, I got to stay in the middle. <laughs> you got to pull the okie doke. The, how about yeah. props? Any, anything getting hit early there at the Beau Rivage as far as the props on Super Bowl 56? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, they're hitting, uh, they're playing Burroughs passing yards, um, rushing yards. And look, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. There's one thing I want to say about the, the props. Maybe a good tip for, I mean, you guys are a betting network helping the betters. So you need to make sure that you read through your pamphlet before you make a bet. And I'll tell you why. Uh, most of those props, if you look at them and read through them, they're correlated. Uh, and, and so let's just say that you're looking uh, for the game to go into overtime, for example. Okay, so we're offering the game to go into overtime at 9-1. to one. Okay, well, somebody's got to win, right? So there's another bet in that pamphlet where you can bet the Bengals to win in overtime and get 20 to 1, or you can bet the Rams to win in overtime and get 18 to 1. So right. that's the type of stuff that you need to look for in that pamphlet. Read through it before you make any bets. That correlative betting, I think, is so key. We talked about it earlier, Carl, and I think this is where our help desk can certainly, and that's great information there. I mean, you, you can really you can pick up a better number along the way or guarantee yourself a profit on the original number. That's right. Yeah, and I, I think what happens is a lot of people are so excited uh, when they first get in. They they look, they just look, see what they want, and they they make the first bet on that prop that they see. Yep, that's uh, wonderful advice, Carl. Okay, let's transition over the last four minutes here. A little college hoops. First Saturday in February, Duke, North Carolina. Duke sitting atop the ACC, ninth-ranked Blue Devils. Last time for Coach K there at the Dean Dome. I've got a number. Uh, Duke opening three, sitting three. Is that where you are, Carl? Uh, we're at two and a half and 150 and a half right now. And I know Michael's interested in that game. Yo, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think, I think for, if you are any, any great lover of college basketball to watch the Mike coach K tour to go through and, and to see, you know, and this will be the first time Hubert Davis is really as a head coach gets to, to go against them. So, and, and the way that North Carolina has won the last four games, they've played well. They beat Louisville in overtime last week, last, uh, what was a Tuesday night. So, you know, to me, these are all, these are kind of the games that you enjoy watching to prepare yourself for March Madness. Cause you got to kind of collect some data as we go along here, Carl. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I noticed one matchup in the SEC that our boy Bill Berman will be interested in. Uh, yeah. Auburn goes into Georgia. Uh, Auburn's 16 big Sixteen-and-a-half-point yeah. dog. That's going, to be a, that's going to be a tough challenge for Georgia. I mean, the Southeast Conference, like Texas A&M was really playing well, and then they've been on this four-game losing streak today. They've got Missouri, uh, in, they've got Missouri at home. But the, the, it is such that the, the one thing when you watch the Southeast Conference, I think which is really important, is how those teams, the, the elite teams, kind of get better as the year goes on and they develop. Because we all know – in college basketball, it takes a while to formulate your team because of all the transfers. Absolutely. How's, how's the handle been thus far as we transition from the NFL to the, the betters down there at the Beau Rivage? Are they getting involved in college basketball? Uh, yeah, they do. But, uh, you know, they tend to really get involved after the football's over with. You know, they're, they're saving the bullets for, for football and, and stuff like that. And we'll, we'll get some evening and some night action on Saturday nights. Uh, some NBA, uh, but uh, nothing to where it's going to be. It's 
it's going to be uh, we'll we'll turn into a basketball book here in another week and a half. Yeah, I bet you will. I wanted to ask you about Baylor, Kansas. This is huge. Allen Fieldhouse, uh, Abaji is going to play for Kansas. He has been cleared. He is uh, a tremendous basketball player, Big 12's top scorer. Baylor in town. I've got a number of Kansas Lane two. Just curious where it is down there at the Beau Rivage. Uh, we're at two and a half and one forty-four and a half. Two and a half, one forty-four and a half. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're sitting one forty-five and a half, two and a half here officially at, at the South Point. How about one more? Let's go to the Pac-12. USC Arizona. Where are you sitting there on that number? Arizona. This is I don't know if it's a letdown spot. Remember, they just beat UCLA on Thursday in a big revenge spot. Here comes USC to town. What do you got there, Carl? Hey, do you have a bet number for that so I can look at it real quick? Let me give you the rotation here really quickly. 725. I've got uh, Arizona laying 11, and i got a total of 150. 725 uh, yeah. on your rotation. Yeah, we've got Arizona 10 and a half and 149 and a half. Okay. See, I love you to know, see how we, we vary, Michael, regionally, because even a point, point and a half can make all the difference in the world. I think with Arizona, when you watch them, Patrick, their defense is really good. They're second in the big in the Pac-12 in defense, and everybody gets in, in, engaged by how good they are offensively. And I and I think that they are. But I think really, at the end of the day, how far you go is going to be predicated on how well you play defense. And I think that this is where Arizona, especially against UCLA, was really good the other night. Yeah, a new coach that's come in has done a hell of a job with Arizona. Quickly turned the program around, uh, to say the least. Okay, Carl, it's a big Saturday there at the Beau Rivage. As we ask you, what's on the menu? What are we eating? What are we drinking? Oh, I'm, I'm doing a hamburger today. I've been thinking about it all morning. So I'm going to do a <laughs> hamburger and big steak fries. <laughs> you woke up thinking about it? I did. I, I'm, I'm, I want a hamburger today. Okay, Carl. God. God. <laughs> there he is, Carl Johnson. He runs the race and oh, sports yeah. book down at the Borovage. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, you guys Thanks, have a Carl. good week. We'll have a good one. Week. Okay, Carl right, Johnson. You, That's a legend right there. We've got plenty to do. Mike Palm's going to join us, Michael, in the next hour. Thomas Gable. Thomas Gable snowed in there at the Borgata. He's going to join Aaron Torres to talk a little college basketball as well as we continue here on the Lombardi Line. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.